Thank you for listening to the Contemplations Podcast by Angelo Caragiorgos, who thinks that the path to authenticity is paved with enthusiasm when you embrace life as a whole. As a token of appreciation, you can download Angelo's audiobook, How to Get Closer to Your Real Self, Entering a Path of Fulfillment and Long-Lasting Enthusiasm Made by You. You only need to go to angelocaracchiorgos.com slash gift. I am among those who have had great experiences in some poor countries outside Europe. For the last years, every year I am visiting a different one and every time I return happier and more fulfilled. Since the first time I went to Morocco in 2012 and I blogged about the bargaining culture in my previous website, Lifestyle Science EU, I never miss an opportunity for a trip overseas. For example, I started the 2016 in an island in Indonesia called Gil Travangan and previous January I was in India. This January I am going to Vietnam. I hear some people uh, being afraid to travel to these places because they believe uh, there is too much crime or several other kinds of dangers such as uh, having their uh, organs sold. Especially when I'm there and I interact with the locals, uh, whenever I think about it, I find it so strange. Most locals' uh, greatest fantasies uh, couldn't avoid being surpassed uh, by such theories. I sometimes uh, say to people here in Europe that uh, the others uh, are people too. They have families, uh, they love and protect their children, they have friends, they have rules, they can experience love and so on. This is maybe the most useful thing uh, I have learned from traveling and I know that I'm not the only one. That reality is so different than uh, where the news focus on. And generally, until we experience something, it's better to not come to certain judgments. Fortunately, more people have the chance to visit these places or meet people from there even online, thus the negative prejudices seem to be decreasing. It can't be denied that in most places the Western companies have taken great stakes in the countries and are definitely influencing the culture. They have the opportunity to use cheap but hard-working labor to decrease their costs or invest cheaply and have a great potential for a good profit. In a third world country where you can imagine the salaries, international companies sell in similar prices to the ones in the West. Imagine the margin then. Thus, in many, for example, southeastern countries, especially in the big cities, too much of their characteristics have been lost and they have adapted a more globalized face. Next to the Kuta Beach in Balis Denpansar is a huge shopping center with no traditional architecture full of international chains such as Zara, Burger King and so on. Due to the fact that this shows there is more technology and more consumption, maybe this is progress, but not to me. 
every culture uh, represents a different version of reality and uh, we should have been guarding it uh, as something sacred because the great variety of different perceptions uh, is one amazing characteristic of life that all of them uh, take part in the magnificence of the whole. So I'm not expecting to eat Burger King uh, when I fly to Indonesia. I prefer to taste uh, their perception of tasting. Many of these countries uh, had so outstanding civilizations that uh, neither the external influence nor the time uh, have been enough to erase them. When you go outside the big cities, uh, there is something there which smells of their own. You can see it in their architecture, uh, you can see it in the behavior of the people, you can see it in their sacred tem temples. In many towns unknown to tourists, still uh, there is something there. The behavior of the people sometimes uh, looks strange, but a keen observer uh, without prejudices uh, can notice that this is not a reason for feeling uncomfortable or scared. On the contrary, she or he can embrace the interaction with a human being that is coming from a totally different world. The only thing uh, that is sad in these trips is the situation of the people. There exist uh, too many that are in uh, really deep poverty. You can see innumerable homeless people, beggars and even a lot of people in a better condition uh, roaming around uh, looking to find an opportunity to make money from tourists. They want to help uh, in every possible situation in order to make some cash. The average Westerner tourist is to most Eastern Asians, for example, what a millionaire is to the average Westerner. So they would approach you in the street and start making rapport. The interaction with so many foreigners has taught them a lot of stuff and definitely a knowledge of English at least is expected. So they may offer to take you a ride if they have a bike or a rickshaw, they may offer to carry your luggage, they may offer to guide you in the city, they may propose to show you a good restaurant where they take a cut of your payment from the owner and everything else that you can imagine or you can't imagine. When traveling to that kind of countries, in most places you should expect to be approached all the time, especially in central areas. But even if you are walking in a faraway street, a rickshaw driver may not miss the opportunity to ask if you need any ride. Who knows, it's not expensive anyway and most westerners don't walk too much. This is quite useful because you can instantly know where you can find whatever you want to find. As well, someone will be there ready to instantly drive you wherever you want. As well, there are a lot of people who assume that poor people are happier because they haven't been corrupted with much consumption or money. I haven't experienced that too much, to be honest. When you don't have uh, enough food uh, to feed your children, uh, I believe uh, it's difficult to be happy. Most people there uh, really need money. However, definitely they are more open. 
And this is a major reason that I enjoy being there, even when I visit alone. I have company most of the time. I meet and chat with random, random people in the street. The weather is most of the times warm, so everyone is sitting outside and doesn't have any problem to start talking and then to introduce to their company a white stranger that talks about ancient Greece. So, it's useful being approached during the day, because as I said, they can instruct me in whatever I need and we both profit from this. Also, I like the way they try to be convincing, they use any kind of facial expressions, excellent body language and amazing arguments and negotiation skills. However, sometimes it becomes annoying if, it's, if it is evening and uh, I am tired from the long day. On the one hand, uh, I fully understand them. They really need the money and it is uh, undoubtedly for survival reasons most of the times. However, many unfortunately seem to be in a constant chase of money that is leaving no other thought to cross their minds. This, uh, I'm afraid, makes it unable for them to form a sincere connection with another human being. From their side, uh, it is understandable, but I can't avoid uh, feeling disappointed from time to time uh, and it has brought uh, many thoughts in my mind. I try to approach all the people with openness, ready to connect with them sincerely and with the hope that even for a while to be friends. Most have understood that it is unwise to show from the beginning their goals, which is money, so they appear as friends that want to help you. Many times I have tried to be optimistic that we will continue being friends and most of the times I have been disappointed. Sooner or later, the discussion with my new friends goes to something that has to do with money. To give them money for their help, to show me something to buy from their shops, and so on. And the more they don't take what they were expecting, the more anxious they become. These situations can become tricky, as at this moment you feel psychologically obliged to pay something. The problem is uh, not uh, the specific time though. Apart from the fact that once again uh, these friends were real, it is just not possible to give money to everyone that is asking you there because any amount you may have will definitely end. If you haven't experienced it, you have to see to understand. There is no amount that would be enough to give to everyone that is asking you. After my first interactions uh, with that kind of situations, and as I was learning more, I became more careful. I wouldn't cross easily the line of being a friend to being provided help. If I didn't receive any help, then uh, they would just ask me if I want to give them something, only because they need it and that's easier. But most importantly, when I don't really need something, I explain to them from the beginning that if they do it for the money, they aren't going to take any. So they either go away or say the truth which is uh, that they came for money. 
It becomes really awkward sometimes to deny buying services or products. When you, for example, are dragged in a shop where the owner brings the whole upside down just to satisfy you, unavoidably you have a sense of unfairness if this effort doesn't get rewarded. What I have always been concerned though was to meet some people that we could interact normally. It wasn't happening usually that we could have uh, fun together like uh, real people to understand uh, each other's cultures and uh, be able to discuss uh, without any expectations. I was lucky to find that in the old city of Varanasi in India. I met there some people that I will remember for the rest of my life though we are connected in social media and talk from time to time. I spent there four amazing days and these guys are one reason I have so many nice feelings about India. I remember when I first met Sumit down in the river Ganges the first day and we exchanged phones, I made him clear that if he is like the others and asks me for money, later we would stop talking. So I went to my hotel and later came out because I wanted to find somewhere to eat. When I called Sumit uh, several times, he didn't reply. The next day we met. He explained that he disappeared on purpose. He wanted to prove in practice that he wasn't planning to chase me in order to get something from me. I was impressed by the mentality of a guy that I had met in the guts. The next two days were amazing. I was having superb company. He showed me around everything in Paranasi. I met with many of his friends, his neighbors, he organized a boat trip for me, he found me an excellent technician that fixed my phone the same moment we took it to him. Their kindness was outstanding, uh, the fact that these people uh, have less comforts uh, doesn't make them any different than us. They would work hard, work hard for most of the day. But every night uh, they had a place where the buddies would meet, uh, talk about the day, make some fun and then head home to rest because they had an early awakening. Four days were enough though to have our ups and downs that would bring more salt and pepper in our relationship. It was me actually that made the mistaken move that caused a series of events. However, uh, this made our relationships uh, better later I feel. So look what happened. All the time I was there, I was feeling sincerely grateful about their behavior. These guys uh, would, literally, would literally walk with me for a few kilometers next to the river Ganges at night towards my hotel only to make sure that I feel safe. There is a long riverside walk in Varanasi next to Ganges, but for the most part uh, there is hardly any light. Plus, uh, most nights there is fog due to the humidity of the river. Next to the river uh, are also several posters uh, about missing European people. You can start imagining uh, how horrific this looks in reality. Not only the river looks horrific after 10 pm that nobody's there, as well many locals would say so. The first night uh, I stayed out till uh, 11.30 pm Even though I was warned not to from a man I met that was working in a hotel next to the river. 
but I didn't take it seriously as I didn't notice anything suspicious around. Anyway, when I returned to my hotel, I found the angry manager there telling me that what I did was inappropriate and they were almost certain that something had happened to me. He couldn't imagine that I dared to stay out that long. Just to make clear, the four nights I spent in Varanasi and walked next to the river up to some point, I didn't notice any single problem or any dangerous behavior. If someone has seen something wrong, then it's not me. So back to Sumit and his friends. I was so much obliged by their behavior and help towards me. Every night they would all together take me next to the door of my hotel which was quite a walk from where they lived. In between, during the days I could notice they had some personal problems. They were receiving calls and their, their mood would drop but they would try to not show it to me. How really tough must someone be to manage to survive in that kind of situations and conditions? Every day is a new chase for something almost vital. Of course they needed money like all the others then, however they had recognized the difference I was talking about. They knew that we couldn't operate as friends if during our relationship their mind was in money. So I think the third night I was there and when we were walking towards my hotel, I was so grateful that I couldn't hold myself. I took out of my wallet some money to give it to them. It wasn't too much for me, but I think it was very good for them. To my surprise, apart from them being surprised too by my move, they rejected them. They explained the obvious, which is what I said before. They didn't want to put the money into the equation and if I want to give them something, I could do it the day that I would leave. However, I had put the money into the equation and that was important for another guy in the company. This guy was the one that first met me and introduced me to Sumit, but he had disappeared when I made him clear that first day that I won't give him any money. I started imagining what was going on when the next morning I had messages and voicemails from that guy whose name I don't remember now. He was talking so kindly and calling me friend. Anyway. When I met him and Sumit in Ashgat, I sensed a nervousness in the environment, especially from the other guy. He started dragging me from shop to shop, from a cafe to cafe, advising me to buy something. I would see Sumit not being happy with this, but I wasn't pretty sure if that was the case. Or what was the case. The important thing was that if I kept going like this, I would miss my day going from here and there in order to be convinced to buy, in order for him to make a cut. Anyway, after some time, when I started becoming angry, the guy sensed it immediately and the other guy left without me even noticing. I started then asking Sumit for explanations. The problem was that the other one had met me first. 
and had introduced me to Sumit. So in whatever had to do with me, he had the priority and in whatever money they would make from me, he had to get the biggest percentage. I was okay after that uh, with Sumit and I met him and his friends uh, again later that day. This other friend uh, wasn't there of course. So imagine that in three and a half days uh, not only I met the guys well, but our relationship uh, passed from several phases. These are so important experiences for me to be remembered. Now that some time has passed, uh, it doesn't matter how exactly I passed my time with the guys. Instead, the most value has to me the whole interaction with people that live in a so much different world than mine, yet they can teach me so many lessons and I can notice so many similarities with them. They didn't have to give me anything to make me live with such feelings from there. Their kindness and simplicity was enough for me to feel fulfilled. I am going to be back to Varanasi soon, my friends, to roam in the guts next to the Holy River Ganges again and listen to the sounds of the Arti. But excuse me, uh, but I won't dive into the river like you, for this uh, indeed uh, I am afraid. <laughs>